Section five of Horror Stories by Ada Buisson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Baron's Coffin. Chapter two. The Family Feud. I won't tell you, monsieur, began the old man, about the grandeur of the old chateau at one time, about the wealth and power of the de Gaulles, and about their long history of wickedness i dare say josette has told you enough about all that but you must try and bear it in mind if you would understand the story of the old baron's coffin it was about the year ninety four a bloody time monsieur when those that deserved it and those that didn't met together at the guillotine when men were hunted about like wild beasts by wild beasts when there was no peace or rest or safety in any corner of poor wretched france when brothers turned against brothers and parents feared their own children it was in the very thick of those times that monsieur louis was baron de gaulle his father had died when he was but a child and he came into the money and estates when it would have been much better for him to have been still under the rod of the schoolmaster he was a tall fine man not handsome but of a figure that looked made for command he liked commanding too commanding not only the servants about him but his equals his brother and sisters his friends and relations everybody about him it was an unfortunate temper but in those times it was dangerous to displease the lower classes and monsieur as he was called for he had dropped his title like everybody else who cared for his head had to restrain his temper at any rate towards his dependents perhaps that made him fiercer towards his brother and sisters he certainly was a tyrant to them especially to monsieur paul and no one was much surprised when one morning monsieur paul went off to paris and joined the revolutionary party he was a very handsome man as different from his brother as day is from night but though he had pleasant manners and kind words for every one there was something in his eyes that told you the de gaulle wickedness had found a hiding-place somewhere about him i don't believe he loved any one though he pretended to like his proud tyrannical brother and to be sorry for his sisters i don't believe he loved even pretty mademoiselle paulina who almost broke her heart when he went away and who was the only one of the de gaulles who will ever get into heaven if what monsieur le cure says is true from the time monsieur paul went to paris a change came over monsieur he was gloomier than ever but more civil to those about him and he seemed to take greater interest in all the bloody work that was going on in the dreadful city till that time the family in spite of its rank and wealth had fared well enough they had been forced to yield up some of their property but otherwise the revolution had done them little injury it is true the family consisted of only the two brothers and their three sisters and they all lived together in the quiet old chateau far away from even a village 
but in those times seclusion did not ensure safety monsieur had always inclined to revolutionary principles indeed the de gaulles even in the most flourishing times of the bourbons had never been famous for loyalty and at the commencement of the revolution he professed open republicanism he contented himself with professing however and abode quietly in his old chateau i've heard it said that monsieur louis was learned that he read enough to turn his brain but i know that i never saw him with a book in his hand he would stay for days in his room that called the baron's but whenever i went in to attend him he was either sitting gloomily in his chair or standing staring out of the window and though books lay scattered about the room not one did i ever see him touch well monsieur after monsieur paul went to paris as i said before louis grew gloomier than ever at first it was a quiet kind of gloom then it became restless and then anxious we all saw that for monsieur louis was the head of the family the master of us all in spite of the revolution and we used to watch him and study his face and his temper as some people do a weather-glass and somehow when he looked pleased the old chateau seemed gayer and we were all happier whilst if monsieur looked cross or sad it was a dull time for us after monsieur paul went away there was not a gleam of happiness on monsieur louis's face from one end of the week to the other first he shut himself up in his room then he took to wandering about the house coming down among us servants in the kitchen and going to the rooms of the young ladies he seemed to hate being alone though when he was with any one he never talked and after that mood passed away he took to riding about the country visiting the villages and the nearest towns sometimes after these visits he would throw himself off his horse and come striding into the chateau his breath coming in great gasps and his eyes rolling fiercely as he looked round on all of us and he would shout out the last news from paris as if it were almost maddening him poor little mademoiselle paulina would creep up to him then and try to soothe him but he would shake her off and drive her from him though at other times he would speak to her more kindly than he ever spoke to any other human being those were wretched days indeed monsieur one day i was helping in the kitchen there were not many servants about the chateau in those times besides i was a clever cook and could serve up a dinner which even monsieur louis enjoyed when i heard monsieur coming along the passage clanging his spurs on the stones there's no change for the better in his humour i thought to myself as i listened and i was right for the next moment he put his fierce face into the room and shouted to me to go to him as if i were a dog and he my master i suppose you'd be frightened to put your nose outside the gates he exclaimed scornfully you wouldn't have the courage to go to bordeaux to bordeaux monsieur i replied in amazement has monsieur any business for me to do there instead of replying 
he fixed on me his stern eyes as if he would read my very soul but i bore it without shrinking i knew i was a faithful servant and not a coward then he stretched out his hand and as he laid it on my shoulder i felt that it trembled like a child's antoine he said i believe as far as men can be good and true in these god-deserted times you are i am going to test your fidelity and friendship and i vow that if ever the life shall be spared me i will repay you if you stand by me in this hour of trouble monsieur has only to say what he requires done i answered quietly my family was always faithful to the de gaulles he put his arm through mine and led me out to the group of pines standing just to the left of the chateau though the sunshine was pouring down like molten gold on the country all round it was cool as an autumn evening under the shade of the wood and monsieur seemed to grow calmer as we walked among the trees it's the old story antoine he began after carefully looking round the old story of brotherly hatred and treachery i started not monsieur paul i exclaimed for though i had always liked him better than monsieur louis i distrusted him and always feared that some day the evil shining through his blue eyes would work its way out somehow what said monsieur scornfully have you too been taken in by his false smiles perhaps you would rather serve him than me would you speak quickly his fierceness came back again he seized my arm and with another of those alarmed looks round him put his other hand in his bosom as if in search of something i serve the head of the family i replied calmly i am the servant of the baron de gaulle not of monsieur paul he looked at me again and then dropping my arm said i will trust you i must trust you you know i can reward you if you are faithful and i think you know my temper well enough to know also that i could and would revenge myself if betrayed i did indeed and yet i did not shrink from him i have heard from paris he said in a quieter tone that there is every reason to believe my brother is playing treacherously with me he hates me and wants the property you can guess what he means to do denounce monsieur i whispered i am told that there is someone waiting to see me at bordeaux who has a message for me from paul some overtures he wishes to make i suppose and i am further told that it will be the worse for me if i do not meet this messenger monsieur paused a moment then he added now antoine if i go monsieur must not go i interrupted he must send me you would not be afraid cities are not like the quiet country monsieur antoine bouteille never knew fear i replied i believe you he exclaimed and that is more than i can say to any other man in the world antoine i accept your service give me your hand and swear that come what will you will keep faith fast to me 
and not be won over by the false smiles and promises of my brother paul so putting my hand in my master's i swore as he desired remember monsieur that that hand was then the clean hand of a french nobleman there was only honour in touching it then end of section five